0: And verse number 1 in your Bibles, Ephesians 6, verse 1. This week will be in Ephesians 6, 1. Next week we'll turn our attention to verse number 2, which while it will apply to the children next week, it will be aimed more at uh, the uh, population of the church at large. All right. All of you children, are you working to find Ephesians chapter 6? And verse 1 in your Bibles, those of you that have it. Maybe you know where it is and the person next to you doesn't. And you can help them. If you can't find it, it's okay. Just look right up here. Can you show me the biggest, cheesiest smile? Who's got the biggest smile? Let me see. Look up here and smile at me. Show me some teeth. Oh, some of you are missing some teeth. That is adorable. I think that Emma right now is winning. Let me see who else. My son's not even smiling. Oh, I'm going to get you tonight. There it is. All right. Oh, Jonah, you're doing a great job. Looking good. All right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Let's stand this evening, and we're going to look at just this one verse. And uh, I promise tonight, whether you have children or not, you'll leave tonight with something that you can um, be challenged with spiritually. You also get to see your pastor act a little goofy tonight, so... If you you put a nickel in the plate, you get a good show for a nickel. Amen? Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. For this is right. The title of the message this evening is this, Children that Choose to Obey. Children that Choose to Obey. Very simple title, but a very profound verse. Let's pray. Lord, this evening I ask that you would help me to... Be able to make sense to everybody here, Lord, to the youngest that is trying to understand, and the Lord to, uh, the most seasoned Christian here. May we all be challenged to, Lord, live a life of obedience to those in authority over us, but most importantly to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. In a minute, all of you sitting right here, in a minute, I'm going to pick one of you to help me. You get to come up on the platform during the sermon and help me. So I'm looking for the young man that's sitting up the straightest and the tallest, like a soldier. He's got his hands in his lap, back straight as a board. I'm looking for a young lady that is sitting like a perfect, pretty princess. Smiling like a princess. All right, I'm going to be watching. I tell you what, Pastor David, I'm going to let you pick the best behaved child. That way... You get to be the bad guy if they don't like your choice. (laughs) See how I did that? All right. Um, And you're going to get to come up here and help me with the illustration in just a minute. All right. We stop and we study the problems that we have in this world. And oh, boy, do we have problems in this world. Just turn on the news for 10 minutes, local or national. We have some problems in this world. And um, I, I... I've been accused of oversimplifying things, and I might be guilty of oversimplifying right here, but I can boil all the problems in the world down to one word, disobedience. God has given us instructions on how to have a great planet, how to have happy homes, how to have happy parents, how to have happy children. And it all boils down to the word obedience. Obedience means that you do what you're told to do when you're told to do it. Now, how many times have I given the gospel to somebody and said, all you got to do is just trust in Jesus. He commands in his word. If you just believe in him, he'll save you. I don't want to do it. Why not? Because they don't want to obey the Bible. They just don't want to obey how many times as a pastor have I seen someone living a life and they're making a huge mistake, they're walking the wrong path, they're creating all kinds of problems in their life, and, and you look at them and say, the Bible says that you're doing this wrong, and if you'll just change this, your life will be better. And they say by their actions, no, I don't want to do it. I look at some of these children down here, and I have seen some of you say no to your parents. But then I look at some of you adults, and I see how you say no to God. Not a lot of difference there. All right. You about ready to pick somebody? Send one of them up here. All right. Jasmine, come on up. Okay. so so stand, stand over here by these blocks. So there's a story about a young lady who was looking for a job, and she walked into, she's very uh, desperate. She was a single mom, had uh, three kids, her husband had passed away, and they were living on ramen noodles, top ramen, and they, this, this lady really needed to provide for her family, so she walked in to Mr. Gerard's office. Mr. Gerard was a big, famous businessman. Mr. Gerard happened to be standing there in the reception area, and she came walking in and said, Sir, I don't know who you are, but I really need a job to provide for my family. Do you have any work for me? And Mr. Gerard said, Okay, if you want to work, then take all of these bricks and move them from this side of the yard to that side of the yard. Going, You get to be the helper here. So just start picking them up and carrying them over there. And you do that while I'm talking. All right. Okay. So this uh, this young lady, she got busy picking up the bricks and she was just very carefully and methodically picking them up. And carrying them from one end to the other. And she worked and she worked and she worked. And occasionally Mr. Gerard would peek out of the window and check on her and see how hard she was working. Check to see how many breaks that she took. And uh, this young lady never took a break. From the moment she got there until the sun went down. She picked these blocks up. She picked up the bricks And she very carefully uh, moved them from one side to the other. Now, I'm running out of things to say, and we've got to move this along. So, let's see. um, uh, Evan and Matthew and William, three of you, come up here and help her get these moved over to the other side. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hurry, hustle, hustle, hustle. Help her get all the blocks over to the other side. Pick them up and get them over there. They're working it, aren't they? All right. Pick up more than one at a time, William. All right. Hustle up. Hustle up. Hustle up. William would have lost his job five minutes in. All right. That's good enough. OK, you, you can set them down and you you uh, you stay there. The other three of you can go sit down. So that's good. That's good. You, you know, who's was there. So this young lady came back to Mr. Girard at the end of the day and said, uh, have I done a good enough job for you? And he said, young lady, you work very hard. Here's your money. All right, I'll have real money to give you. Here's your money. And she said, well, do you have any work for me tomorrow? And he said, yes. Show up at 7 a.m. and put all the bricks back where you found them. Don't you wish you hadn't been so well behaved earlier? No, I'm just teasing. So sure enough, at 6.45, she showed up. And at 7 a.m. sharp... She got busy carrying the bricks back over to the side. Get them over there. And she worked and she worked and she worked and she carried them and she moved them. And again, Mr. Gerard, this big, fancy businessman who owned many, many companies, but worked out of this main office, he watched This young lady who was a desperate mother of three trying to take care of things on her own. And she carried things, uh, the bricks and put them right back where they were. No doubt during that time she was wondering, why am I doing this? Why is he paying me to carry bricks back to the same spot they were in yesterday? What in the world is going on here? No doubt she thought that, but never questioned. She just worked, and she worked, and she worked, and she got the bricks picked up and carried. And Mr. Gerard even came out and started throwing bricks, and, and to see how she would handle. No, 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 you carry, I throw. Uh, uh, to get them from one side to the other. So... See, I'm keeping them entertained. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. This went on. You guys listening? Right up here. This went on for seven days. For seven days, she moved bricks from one side of the yard to the other side of the yard. Every brick got picked up and moved. And every brick got picked up and moved back. And at the end of each day, Mr. Gerard took a check and said, here you go. And this young lady, not one time, said, "Why are you having me do this?" Never one time did she say, "This is pointless." She just obeyed. She obeyed right away. She didn't ask any questions. She just had a good attitude. And after seven days, Mister after the seventh day, Mister Gerard came to her. Come on, come on right up here, and he said to her, "You have worked so hard. You have not questioned me." On the eighth day, I do not want you to move a brick. I'm going to send you to the market. To They have an auction there, and you're going to buy sugar for my bakery. He gave her the power of the money to go there and buy, because she had passed the obedience test. Because, listen here, guys, because she obeyed when it was a little thing, she was promoted to do the big thing. Because she could obey when it was easy, she then learned that she could obey when it was hard. You can have a seat. Thank you very much. Now I've got to preach around these bricks. We'll make it work. Let me ask you a question. Right up here. Do you obey your parents? Don't answer. Just think about that. When your mom and dad tell you to do something, do you do it right away? Look right here. Or do you give them a hard time? When your mom and dad say, go clean up your room, do you wear them out before you actually go clean up your room? Or do you just go clean it up right away? When your mom and dad tell you, I want you to sit over here in this spot, you say, I don't want to go sit in that spot. I want to sit, I want to sit over here. No, we go do what we're told, when we're told to do it. That is called being obedient. And if you can learn how to do it when you're little, then one day you can obey God when you're big, and that makes him happy. That makes him pleased, and that makes your life so much easier. All of you children, look up here. There are many adults in this room right now, who have run away from God, and they told God no many, many times, and they got hurt really bad. And then they came crawling back with their head down and said, I wish I would have just obeyed God when I was little, and I wouldn't have gotten as hurt as I did. So how do you obey God? Well, you obey God by obeying your mom and your dad. God gave you a mom and dad, and he wants you to obey them. He wants you to obey them. So who is the sermon for tonight? Well... It's for all the little children that live at home, whether you're four. How many four-year-olds? Raise your hand if you're four. Five. Raise your hand if you're five. Ooh, we got some five-year-olds. We've got a lot of five-year-olds. How many six-year-olds? Seven. Eight. Are you too cool to raise your hand? Okay. Oh, We've got some that are four and eight. That's pretty impressive. All right, nine. We got any nine-year-olds? We've got a couple nine-year-olds. Ten. 11 got a ten-year-old back here. Eleven. Okay, any 12-year-olds? Got a 12-year-old back here. All right. So, you are to obey your parents as long, listen to me, especially you older children, teenagers, as long as you live in their house. If they are paying your bills, you must obey. You say, what about when I'm 25? If they're paying your bills, they make the rules. Remember, Brother Ben? Amen, Brother Ben? Amen. All right. Pick on these girls right here. Who else is the sermon for? Who else is the sermon for? Well, um, how many of you here tonight have asked Jesus Christ to come in your heart and be your Savior? Would you raise your hand if you've made that decision? Then guess what? You have a Heavenly Father. You are a child. Turn your Bibles over to, uh, well, uh, turn over to Romans chapter 8. While you're doing that... Let me read for you John chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 12 says but as many as receive him who Jesus as many as receive him to them gave he power to become the sons or the children of God even to them that call on his name or believe on his name. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse number 14. I love these verses. Romans 8 is a fun 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 chapter to study and read and understand. Romans chapter 8 and children what I want you to do is close your Bibles. Especially if you're under the age of 10, just close your Bibles and keep them closed and you look up here. If you're over the age of 10 and you know where these are, you can search. If not, then just keep your Bible closed. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are those that are saved and put their faith in Jesus, they are the sons of God. For, verse 15, ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba or Daddy, Father. So, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then God the Father is your heavenly Father, or He is your Daddy, your Father, your Dad. And you have a dad-son, dad-daughter relationship with God. So, Ephesians 6.1, children, your child of God, obey your parents, your heavenly parent in the Lord, for this is right. Listen to this this evening. I believe that if adults would learn how to submit to and obey God, then their children would have a great example to follow. I propose that God has called and commanded children to obey their parents when it's easy and when it's hard, when uh, when we want to and when we don't want to, when obeying God brings about a prize, or rather when obeying our parents brings about a prize, and when obeying our parents doesn't bring about a prize. It's easy when your mom and dad say, hey, go clean up your room and then we'll go to McDonald's. (gasps) I get to go to play in the play place at McDonald's. I'm cleaning up my room right now. How about when your mom and dad say, go clean up your room and they don't say we're going to McDonald's. How about we obey then, too? It's easy to obey when there's an incentive and there's a reward. It's easy to obey when mom and dad say, uh, go clean up your room and I'll give you some ice cream. How about when mom and dad say, hey, go turn off the video game or the TV or the Kindle or the tablet or the phone. And and you go, I don't want to turn off my fun. You still have to obey. You still have to obey, even when you don't want to. Let me give you four thoughts tonight about. About uh, children obeying their parents and, uh, and Christians obeying their Heavenly Father. Number one, notice the structure of authority. The structure of authority. If I were to get down, boys and girls, if I were to get down and I were to take these Legos and I were to build up a building, that's called a structure. What's it called? A structure or a building. How many of you ever play with Legos? How many you like to build buildings with Legos and then have a torpedo come in and blow it up? That's just the boys. All right. Now, God has... Look up here. God has put together a building. A building or a structure or an order that he wants us to follow. What is that order? Everybody listen. It's God the Father. He created you. He put you inside your mommy's belly. God the Father. And then... It's mom and dad. And then it's you. God the Father, mom and dad, and you. So, who created you? God created you. Who created you? God created you. And then, he gave you a mommy and a daddy. And sometimes, we don't have both mommy and daddy. Sometimes we just have mommy, or sometimes we just have daddy. But whichever one is raising you, if not both of them, that's the one that you're to listen to. And then, he gave you... You. There's you. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to obey mom and dad, and then we're supposed to obey God. So what is the structure? It's God, it's mom and dad, and then it's us. Who is in charge? God is in charge. How many of you here ever have your brother or sister try to boss you around? You know what my children say when the other one tries to boss them around? They say, you're not the boss of me. How many of you ever say that? You're not the boss of me. Okay? You're not the boss of me. Guess what? God is the boss of you. Guess who else is the boss of you? Your mom and your dad. So you gotta listen to them. You gotta do what they say. Hey adults, guess who's the boss of you? God the Father. You gotta do what He tells you to do. When a servant's preached from the Word of God and it chuck chock-filled with Scripture and you're living in contradiction to what's being preached, you got to change. When you're reading your Bible on your own and you come across a passage and the Holy Spirit stomps all over your toes and says, Hey, you're wrong there. you got to change. That's called being obedient to the God who created you and loves you. There's a structure here. There's a structure here. Now, I can remember as a child being this tall. I'd look up at my parents, and they were giants. They were huge. I don't mean this way. I mean this way. All right? And, um, and I remember my dad and my mom being bigger than me and taller than me and stronger than me. And can I tell you a little secret? Can I tell you a little secret? The only reason why I obeyed my mom and my dad was because I was scared of them. My dad had this, this wooden paddle. You remember the wooden paddle? It was scary, wasn't it? He kept that. It was a cutting board, like, chopped off, right? Still had a handle. And um I'm glad he didn't drill holes in it. But I was afraid he was going to get some wind speed on in that thing. But he, he had that thing in one house. He had that thing up on a ledge. Didn't James hide that once? Or was that you? Anyway. It wasn't you. Okay, sure. Right. But and my my dad would come when I disobey, and he'd bend me over, and he'd go, whack, 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 whack. And I would go, oh, 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 it hurts, oh, it hurts. And you know what? My dad was this big, tall guy, and I was this little kid, and I was scared that he was going to spank me, and he was going to hurt me because I disobeyed. Do you know why I obeyed when I was little? I obeyed for two reasons. The first reason I obeyed was because I was afraid that I was going to get in trouble. The second reason why I I obeyed when I was little was because I didn't want my mom and dad to be upset with me. Didn't want that. Oh, Christians, that we would get to a place... That we do what's right because we're scared to death, not only of God chastening us by hitting our wallet, chastening us by hitting our finances, chastening us by touching our health, but we obey God because we're scared that we're going to let him down and disappoint him. As an adult, I don't see God with my physical eyes and sometimes I forget that he's in charge and then I, I forget how big he is in comparison to me. Turn your Bibles, uh, adults, turn over to 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John chapter number 3 and verse number 18. I forget how big God is in comparison to me. 1 John 3, I'm going to start reading, you can catch up when you get there. Verse 18, my little children, and this is, this is to adults, this isn't to kids. John's writing this to adults, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but indeed in truth. And hereby, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure uh, uh, our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. So John, through the inspiration of God, is calling adults little children. And he would use that phrase little children and talk to us adults nine times in five chapters, nine times in five chapters. What's the point here? Hey, you think you're some big shot? You think you've made it in life because you bought a house and you got a nice car and you climbed the corporate ladder at work or you, you made it to adulthood and, and, and you go where you want to and come, go and come when you, when you please? God says, let me just remind you, as a child looks up to a father or a mother and, and, and there's a proportional difference in size there, I'm way bigger than you. You are, in comparison, Little children. By the way, that comparison isn't just in height and physicality. It is even greater in emotional and spirituality. You know that God knows so much more than you do. God cares about you so much more than you care for your children. Jesus reminded that in a parable and said, If ye being evil uh, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more uh, shall your heavenly Father give unto them uh, that ask him? And so God cares about you and he wants you to follow him. And here's the point I want to drive home to everybody here this evening is, if you want your children to obey you, they need to see that you are obeying God. If they can see that you are following and obeying the Scriptures and you're submissive to God and you're pliable and you're making those changes, boy, it's a lot easier for them, especially as they get older and begin to get some sense about them to see mom and dad are quick to obey God. I need to obey mom and dad. They're seeing that model. However, when they see you buck against the structure of authority, oh boy, we've got a problem on our hands because now they're going to do the same thing. More about that in a minute. Number two, notice the submission. To authority. Look back at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Alright? How many of you children have Ephesians 6 1 memorized? You know Ephesians 6 1? If you know it, children, if you know it, say it with me. Ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Let's do it again. Ready? Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So what's the second word of the verse? If you know the second word of the verse, raise your hand. I'm going to call on you. second word of the verse, Matthew, obey, obey. You know what that means? That means to submit to. That means when you're told to do something, whether you want to do it or not, you do it. Let me give you an example. Okay. Pastor says, sit up straight and tall. Show me what obedience looks like. What's that mean? Good job. That was pretty good. Are all of you sitting up straight and tall? All right. Pastor says, close your eyes. Oh, some of you aren't doing it. Open, open your eyes. This isn't Simon Says. This is practicing obedience. <laughs> Call it Pastor Says. Letter A, a thorough obedience. A thorough obedience. Let me give you an example here, guys. I'm going to talk to the children, and I'm going to talk to the adults about being thoroughly obedient. Mom and dad say, Mom looks at you and says, I want you to clear off the table. You've eaten dinner. I want you to get all the plates and all the forks and knives and spoons and all the, the serving utensils uh, and, and serving dishes off the table and into the sink or over by the sink. You know what thorough obedience is? Thorough obedience is you don't stop until it's all done. Until it's all done. That's thorough obedience. Complete obedience. You know what a lot of people do? They put some plates in the sink. They put some cups in the sink. They, th- they, they throw the forks across the room and try to land them in the sink. And then they don't finish it because they get distracted. That's not thorough obedience. How about when mom and dad say, clean up your room? Oh boy, some of you are having like... Twitches. Remember mom and dad telling you to clean your room, right? Now you husbands have wives that do it for you, so you don't have to worry about it anymore, right? It's been years since you cleaned your room. And some of you spoiled brats had your mom clean your room from the time you were little. You say, Are you jealous? Yes, because my mom didn't do that for me. What do you do when your mom says, Clean up your room? Do you just push it all under the bed? You shove it under the bed. Is that what you do? You open up the closet and you shove it all in the closet and you push the door closed. And you go, oh, man. And then mom and dad say, make your bed. Now, what does that mean to make your bed? Does that mean you just pull the top cover up and you leave the bottom cover down? Somebody back there is getting your. They say if you throw a rock, a rock into a pack of dogs, the one you hit squelches the loudest. Amen. You just pull the top cover up and you leave the bottom cover down. No, that's not being thorough. You pull that bottom cover up and you push all the wrinkles out. You gotta do it all the way. You gotta obey all the way. All the way. How about this one? Well, first let me talk to the adults. You kids, time out on the kids here. A thorough obedience, adults. God says be faithful to church. Now remember, He's your father, you're His children. Be faithful to church. White Oak Baptist Church, we talked about this some time back, but the attendance is so sporadic at white oak baptist church we're way up here for a few months and then we're way down here for a few months and then we're way back up here for a few months and we're way back down here for a few months some of you are faithful for six months straight and then i don't see you for three months but well, wait a minute this isn't me telling you to be faithful hebrews 10 25 says that you're not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together that doesn't mean if you're tired you stay home. That's not thorough obedience. That's just not thorough obedience. Well surely God wants me to get rest. Yes, he wants you to rest in the Lord while sitting in the Pew at church. Now uh, being faithful to church. Now God says to do it and we're not thorough in our obedience but we get frustrated with our kids when they're when they're not thorough in theirs. How about when God says give up this sin or this Habit that's keeping you from a right relationship with me, and God says, "I want you to stop doing this." No, it's not sin, but this action you're doing is keeping you from entering the next level of your Christian walk, and I want you to give that up for a time or a season. One man I know gave up the uh, watching football for an entire season because he wanted to make his relationship better with God, and he felt God leading him to do that, and so he gave it up for an entire year to better his relationship with God, but. If God were to move in your heart and you were to say, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Are you being thoroughly obedient or you get halfway in and you stop? How about uh, when God says, hey, I want you to go work in this particular ministry in the church where they're struggling and you say, well, you know what? I'll help where I can. No, God wants you to get in and do it. Then get in and do it. Or God says, I want you to give something you value to someone who is doing without. And, and God moves in your heart that way. Not the pastor. Not some church member. God is tugging from the inside and saying, Hey, you have this thing that you value greatly. And I want you to give it up to someone who is struggling. And you buck. And you fight. And you push back. And you give up a little bit. You're like Ananias and Sapphira where you, you sell the property and you just give a portion. But you're not willing to give up the whole thing. So uh, God wants us to... Thoroughly obey, letter B, notice, a timely obedience. A timely obedience. Now, for you adults, I want you to write this these, uh, these down. The first one's for you, the second one's for the kids. The first phrase is this, sin is right, done at the wrong time. Sin is right, done at the wrong time. God says, I want you to do this, and you say, I'll do it when I'm ready. God says, no, I want you to do it now. Now, for the kids. Listen up. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Say that with me. Ready? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Again, ready? Delayed obedience is disobedience. All right, here I am. I'm in my living room and I'm, I'm seven years old. And my mom says, she calls my name and she says, I want you to turn off the TV and go outside and play. And you know what I do? I pretend like I didn't hear her. Now, none of you would do that, right? I, you would never act like you didn't hear your mom and dad. You know my favorite phrase from my children and other little kids? I forgot. I forgot. Hey, I want you to go, uh, I'm going to go to the store, and your dad's going to watch you. And sometimes this happens in our house. I want you to go to the store, and your dad's going to watch you. And when I get back, I want to see that your room is clean. And mom gets back, and the room's not clean. And she comes to you and says, hey, Sean, why didn't you clean up your room? And Sean looks up at his dad and goes, I forgot. No, it doesn't happen with your kids, does it? That's just my kids. Uh, now, hold on. You know what I find funny? Is that when I tell my kids that we're going to go to Chick-fil-A in like, in like a, year and eight, a year and six months, every day. When are we going to Chick-fil-A? When are we going to Chick-fil-A? Hey, you said we're going to Chick-fil-A. When are we going to Chick-fil-A? Hey, we're we going to Chick-fil-A. You know what? They don't forget that. They just forget when they're told to do something they don't want to do. Timely obedience. You're sitting there and you're watching your favorite, 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 favorite show. And you're like, man, this is awesome. And your mom says, turn off the TV. You know what my mom would always do to me? They didn't have like where you could pause live TV back then. I wish they had. Because my mom would always wait on these 30-minute cartoons to when there's like three minutes left. And it's like right at the end. You're about to find out the plot. And she's like... Turn off the TV and go clean up your room. It's like, no, that would happen a lot. Right. And then you try to pretend like you didn't hear. That's not being obedient. Your mom and dad say, go get in the car. You sitting up and listening. Sit up. Your mom and dad say, go get in the car. You can't just say no. You got to obey. You got to do it right away. You got to do it the first time. When? The first time. When? The first time. You shouldn't have to have your mom and dad tell you 25 times, go do this, go do this, go do this. No, the very first time you're told you obey. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Say it with me. Ready? Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you wait to obey, then you have just disobeyed and you have made your parents and God very sad. Now to the adults. God is your heavenly father. He's your dad. And God says to you, he moves in in in, through the Holy Spirit in your heart. He says, give of your time, your treasure. Give of your resources to that need that's staring you in the face, that's right in front of you. And you say, um, I'll do it when it fits my budget. God says, that's not faith. That's not faith. That's doing it when you can work it in on the budget line. God says, uh, hey, uh, you see that need in front of you, Uh, you need to give of your time at the church house to get it done. And you say, well, let me work on rearranging my schedule and then I'll do it when I'm not so busy. Now, if not, if I'm calling you to do it, but if God's telling you to do it and you delay, delayed obedience is disobedience. God says, hey, I want you to get involved in the outreach ministry of the church. You need to go out on a Tuesday night or you need to go out on a Saturday morning. You need to uh, take gospel tracks and pass those out to everyone you come in contact with and invite people to church. And you say, well, I'll, I'll do it next week. Besides, God surely wants me to get some rest and God says no delayed obedience is disobedience God says to you, I want you to get up tomorrow morning and I want you to read your Bible and pray and you say but but the preacher preached too long and i 'm tired and and i don 't have time for that i'll do it later remember delayed obedience is disobedience number three, notice the struggles with authority the struggles with authority ephesians 6 one Gives us a direct command. Ready, everybody? Ready, kids? Say it with me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. One more time. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know what we call that? We call that a command. God didn't say, hey, children, obey your parents if you want to. Hey, children, would you like to obey your parents? He said, no, you need to obey Your parents. Do you know what? When you disobey your dad. Look up here. When you disobey your dad. You're not just disobeying your dad. You're disobeying God in heaven. When you disobey me. You're not just disobeying me. You're disobeying God in heaven. Now. One day. My children are going to grow up and leave. If not, I'll kick him out. Amen? How many see the story about the 30 year old that got evicted from his parents' house? Right? That won't be my kids. 18, out the door. All right. Well, she might keep that from happening, but if it's on me, Um, you're going to leave me one day. You know what? God's always going to be looking over your shoulder. You do right not just to please me, you do right to please Him. You do right to please Him. Can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? Obeying is one of the hardest things a person can learn to do. Can we just be honest this evening, kids? Everybody look up here at me. Kids look up here at me. How many of you will admit to me? You will say, Pastor, it is really hard sometimes to obey. Would you raise your hand if sometimes it's really hard to obey? Some adults are raising their hand. Right? It's really hard to obey. Put your hands down. Can I tell you Why? Notice letter A, our sin, our sin. Do you know that when you were born, you were born with a desire to do wrong? It's deep, 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 deep down inside this little chest right here to do wrong. Mom and dad say, go clean up your room. You know what the answer is? now. You know why? Because we're built with a desire to sin. Your, 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 your mom or some of you being raised by a grandparent, your grandmom will look at you and say, I need your help. I need you to do this. And there's this rebellion that kicks up and says, I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to have anything to do with that. And our sin is there. And our sin, uh, is rebellious. Now I'm going to tell you a story about me when I was little. Alright? When I was a little kid, my mom used to make me take naps. I hated taking naps. I never went to sleep. I would pretend like I was asleep. And then, uh, I would wake up and I'd pretend like I was rubbing the sleepy out of my eyes and walk in. My mom would say, no, you didn't go to sleep. Go lay back down. And she would catch me and I'd get in trouble for lying. On top of that, but one time uh, my mom told me to go lay down and while I was laying down trying to take a nap, my mom did the most cruel thing a mom can do. She started baking chocolate chip cookies. Here I am laying on the bed and if you know me, I'm a sucker for chocolate chip cookies. And how many of you ever seen the cartoons where the odor is floating through the air? Well, this is what was happening. I'm laying down, minding my own P's and Q's, doing my best to behave. And this odor of chocolate chip cookies comes in the air, and it goes, whoop, right underneath my nose. And the strangest thing happened. You want to know what happened? How many want to know what happened? That odor lifted me up off the bed, and I started floating out of the bedroom, down the hall, through the living room, and it dropped me off right behind the wall to the kitchen. And here my little four-year-old head, four-year-old head is peeking around the corner. And you know what I saw? I saw my pretty mama with an apron on pulling cookies out of the oven. And drool started to run down my little cheek. And I, my mom, she's got like, like Spider-Man senses. Eyes in the back of her head. Somehow she knew I was there and she said, Richard, what are you doing up? And I came in, I said, um, I started pulling my finger. I said, um, can I have a cookie? And she said, not until you take a nap. Oh, so I went laid back down. Now, what was the rule? If I take a nap, what do I get? A cookie. Do you know what your pastor did? Your pastor waited until my mom was on the other side of the house and I snuck in the kitchen and I pushed a chair up against the cabinet and I climbed up on top of the counter because I knew where she kept the cookies and I opened up that drawer and I pulled out that cookie jar and I grabbed that lid. Oh, by the way, the, the, the drawer was creaky it was like, and I'm like, Shh, my mom's going to hear And I pulled that jar down, and I reached up, and I went, dunk! And then angels started to sing. It sounded like this, ah! And I reached down in that jar, and I took out a cookie, and the chocolate morsels were still hot. And I reached in, I set it down on the counter, and I reached in, I got another cookie, and I set that on the counter, and I put the lid back on, and I pushed it up, and I closed it, I got down on my knees, I climbed down on the chair, I pushed the chair back uh, under the kitchen table, I got the cookies, and I heard my mom coming. And I thought, oh no, I'm busted! So you know what I did? I ran into the bathroom, and I closed the door. And I locked the door. And I thought, ah, I'm safe. And I looked at those cookies in my hands. Now, should have I taken those cookies? Was I disobeying? I was disobeying. You want to do that, right? And I buried my face in those cookies like the cookie monster. And I ate those things up. And then I flushed the toilet to make it sound like I was going to the bathroom. And I was a smart kid, I thought. And I came out and I had chocolate smeared all over my face. And my mom looked at me and she said, Richard, did you eat the cookies? Now, why she got to go ask me a question like that? She know I eat the cookies. It's written all over my face. And I looked up at her, and you know what I said? No. <laughs> she got me to admit that I was lying. And she gave me the words I did not want to hear. She said, Go to your room and wait for your father to get home. And what that meant was that I was going to get a big whooping off that paddle that was on the wall. My dad came into my room that afternoon. And he he sat down next to me. He said, you stole. You lied. And you disobeyed. I got a big spanking that day because I disobeyed. I disobeyed. Do you know why? Because of my... Sin. Inside of every one of your hearts, there is a desire to do wrong. And you have to fight against that by asking God to help you. Let her B, notice their sin. Their sin. Who's sin? Your mom and dad's. Your mom and dad's. Can I tell you something, boys and girls? You looking up here? Your mom and dad are sinners. Your mom and dad do wrong. That includes these two right here. Their mom is almost perfect, but she's a sinner too. Their daddy's a big sinner. Dad's far from perfect. Do you know something? You all know things about your mom and dad that nobody else knows and needs to know. You have seen them sin in a way that is not nice. Haven't you? Should I have them get up and... No, I can do that. Your mom and dad are Sinners. And that makes it tough because we see their sin and then we struggle with that. And that tempts us to sin. Now here's the truth. Let me talk to the adults for a minute. Here's the truth about authority. We expect authority to always tell the truth. I'm just telling you how, I'm just, I'm just, Putting it out there. OK, we expect authority to always tell the truth. We expect authority to always be fair. We expect authority to protect us. We expect authority to provide for all of our needs. We come uh, uh, to trust their judgment on things and we value their opinions of us and we desire To please them. That's just the truth about authority. All of those statements are true. We trust their judgment. Can I tell you something this evening, mom and dad? Your kids listen to you over me. They listen to you over Pastor David. They listen to you over everybody else. And when I say listen to you, what I really mean is they listen to your actions. And if you are living contrary to what the Bible says, we can tell them all day what's right. If you're not living it, they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. I'm telling you, after many, many years of being in church ministry, after having watched uh, uh, chapel speakers get up and preach to teenagers, till that chapel speaker is blue in the face, pouring his heart out, broken over those kids. You go home, the child goes home, they see mom and dad doing the opposite, uh, uh, living in a way that's opposite of God's Word, and the sin of the parents trips up that child and causes the child to live in disobedience to God. Now why? Because this is confusing to the child. They hear the pastor in the Bible saying one thing, but then they see mom and dad living something else. They're confused. They're confused. They, they see it as uh, confusing. They see it as hypocritical. They see that it sends mixed signals. And what we do is we place a stumbling block in front of our children and ask them to obey in spite of the fact that we are living in disobedience to our, our heavenly father. This causes a great struggle with authority. Now, children, what are you to do if you see that mom and dad are disobeying God? What are you to do? Are you to use that as an excuse for you to disobey? You're not to do that. Hey, you know what's true about kids? They're way more perceptive than we give them credit for. They see right through us. They see right through us. They see our sins. You think you've got it hidden, they know. I talked about seeing my dad watch that movie with the clown pulling the kid down through the hole. Your kids see things that you do, you have no idea they're seeing. You have no idea. You can't keep it hidden. You're doing wrong, they're going to find out. They're going to know. So, don't sin. I heard about a dad who was looking a, a pastor who had a 13-year-old son, 13-year-old boy, surrendered to preach. He snuck down the stairs to give his dad a surprise kiss after he'd gone to bed. Dad thought the young man was in bed. Dad had the laptop open in his lap. Dad was looking at inappropriate things online. You can figure out what that is. The son looked over the couch, saw what his dad was looking at. Jaw hit the floor. He snuck back upstairs. His dad never knew he was there, never knew that he was caught, never knew it was there. The son rebelled, ran from God, ran out of church, and had nothing else to do because he saw dad as a big hypocrite. You think your children don't know. They will find out, and it's going to cause a stumbling block in front of them. But, kids, if you catch your parents doing sin, you catch your parents living uh, contrary or, or, or living their life that is disobedient to God, that is no excuse for you to be disobedient to God. God is perfect, and you're to obey Him. You're to obey Him. You can put your hand down. I'll, I'll answer your question later, okay? Good job, bud. Let her see. Let her see quickly here. We see. They're double standards, talking about our parents. You have your Bibles open, Ephesians 6 1, adults. Look down at verse number 4. It says there, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word provoke means, is the same root word as the word wrath. So what the verse is saying is, wrath not your children to wrath. Wrath not your children to wrath. Or don't bring up wrathful, angry children. How do you do this? By living a double standard. Let me give you some examples. This is to the adults. Kids, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. Sit up straight and tall for me. I've got a couple candy bars that I'm going to give to the best boy and best girl the rest of the service. If you haven't behaved up to this point, it's forgiven. Beginning right now, we're watching. Brother Mark, can you pick the best behaved boy and girl from where you're at? That guy right there, that bald-headed guy right back there. Hey, I'm joining you. It's all good. (laughs) Don't poison my hamburger tomorrow, Brother Mark. All right. He's watching to see who's the best behaved boy and who's the best behaved girl. Boys sitting like soldiers. Girls sitting up like really beautiful princesses. Just like a princess would sit. Boys, show me how a man in the military would sit. There you go. All right. Now, parents... What I'm about to tell you right now is the number one thing I see, I saw growing up and still see today that gets teenagers to run away from church when they turn 18. You listening? Pretending to be one thing in front of one crowd and playing along like we hold to that standard while in private living a life that's totally opposite. You want to run your children out of church? Practice what I just said. Practice what I just said. This is a parent that stands up with a hymnal in the hand and sings, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound on Sunday. And then on Monday with the kids in the car, turns up Led Zeppelin as loud as they can. But what are you doing to your kids? You're telling them, hey, we're going to sing about Jesus on Sunday. We're going to glorify sin and Satan on Monday. It's a double standard. You can't do that. I'm talking about parents who pray fancy prayers in church on Sunday, but by Wednesday they're caught taking God's name in vain or slinging around cuss words in a frustrating moment. What are you doing? You're pretending like you're some godly person while the pastor's looking, while the deacons are looking, while the other brothers and sisters of the church are looking. But then when you're by yourself with your little four or five, four to six to eight eyeballs, a kids at home looking up at you, what are you doing? You're cussing. You're taking God's name in vain. You're allowing that trash on the TV. And listen, your parents, your children look at that and say, look, I don't know what's up with my parents. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to church. This is is a parent who outwardly acts the part, but inwardly they have not and will not give their heart to Jesus. So what is the solution to our children? Well, children, you've got to understand that your parents are sinners like you are. Everybody on some level is a hypocrite, me included. We're all hypocrites on some level. Look, if you fight with your wife on the way to church... I don't expect you to come in church and say, I just had a big blowout with my wife. All right. I want you to come in and smile. You say, "Am I, are you being a hypocrite? Well, maybe a little bit. But look, um, uh, work on that thing and get that thing fixed with your wife and make that better. But everybody's a hypocrite on some level. So what do children need to do? They need to give grace to their parents. And, and, and maybe, maybe. Uh, 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 parents that maybe lack a little bit of authenticity or or realness. And then, listen kids, some of you here, especially you ones that are older, you've seen a mom and dad that's let you down, that's told you to live one way and they've lived another. You're looking up here? You're thinking of an incident in your life where mom and dad got all over you for something, then you saw them do it too. Your parents are good people, but sometimes this happens. What are you to do? I'll answer your question later, okay? What are you to do? You are to put your eyes on God, and you're to realize he is perfect. And God doesn't make any mistakes. And God's love for you is perfect. And you fall in love with your heavenly father if your earthly father or mother lets you down. You understand that God will never let you down. I've got to move quickly here. I'm I'm going past my uh, normal time here. I'm almost done. Letter D, there's senseless in, in, inconsistencies. There's senseless inconsistencies. The struggles with authority. How many of you children have ever gotten in trouble? I'm going to ask this question. Okay, sit up straight and tall. All right? My kids are more than allowed to answer this question. All right? How many of you have ever gotten in trouble for disobeying and you didn't even understand what, why what you did was wrong? You got in trouble. You're like, I don't even know why I got in trouble. Has that ever happened to you? You're like, what? What happened? Okay, my kids' hands are up. I'm not a perfect parent. All right? What are you to do when your mom and dad are punishing you and you're like, I don't even know what I did was wrong. What am I supposed to do? Mom and dad, one day, just change. You ever played a game with another kid in your neighborhood or at church and right in the middle of the game they change the rules? You ever have that happen? Oh, man, that's infuriating, isn't it? That's really upsetting. Especially when your brother or sister does it. It's like, oh, quit changing the rules just so you can win. Sometimes mom and dad change the rules in the middle of the game. And Then we get in trouble and we didn't even know what we were doing was wrong. Well, what are you to do when that happens? Well, you're to choose to obey your parents every time the first time. And if you'll do that, please don't miss this, kids. Look up here. Mom and dad tell you to go clean up your room. First time, go clean up your room. Mom and dad tell you to, to, to clean up the table. Go clean up the table first time. Don't make them tell you a second time. Look, some of you kids right here, I watch you. And your mom and dad have to tell you five, six, seven times before you go do it. Your mom and dad are learning how to get you to do it the first time. But it's tough. And you don't listen until they start yelling. What? How do you fix this? You need to start obeying right away. When you two are told by your mom and dad to listen and do something, you've got to do it. First time. When you two have your mom and dad say, hey, I need you to do this. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right away we get it done. When you two have your mama tell you, you do it. Emma, when your daddy tells you to obey, you got to obey. Hannah, when mom and dad tell you to do something, you got to do it. Matthew and April, you guys have to obey. Evan, when your papa tells you to do something, you got to obey. Jasmine, when grandma tells you to do something, yes, ma'am, right away, I'm all over it with a good attitude. William, Charles, same thing. And Ariel, Sudiel, same thing back there. First time, right away. How do you get rid of inconsistencies where your mom's, mom and dad seem to be changing the rules? Just obey the first time. That takes all that away. Just do what you're told. Can we work on that? Can we obey the first time? Right away, boy, that'll make mom and dad happy. And last point here, number four, we see the stimulant, uh, the, the stimulus needed to obey. Look, look down with me at uh, Ephesians six one. And we'll finish up right here. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. For this is right. And I finished with this. Listen up. Doing right, doing right builds. It uh, uh, builds, it grows, it edifies, it praises, and it brings great quality of life. You need some stimulus. You need some reason to do what's right. Here it is. If you will do right, it will build you, it will grow you, it will edify you, it will bring praise, it will bring a great quality of life. However, if you choose to do what's wrong and disobey, it will tear down, it will weaken, it will destroy, it will hurt you, and it will bring great, great, great suffering in your life. How many of you adults here today say, Pastor, I can think of some times in my life where I ran from God, and I disobeyed God, and it hurt me deeply. How many adults would say that's... I? Right there. Disobedience, doing wrong, destroys. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to see you guys land in my office in 25 years covered with hurt and pain because you chose to disobey your parents and disobey God. Just obey, obey, obey God by obeying your parents. Why? Because right is the stimulus. Uh, uh, right, uh, Doing right brings about this good uh, uh, thing in your life. When we obey, we please the Lord and we make our lives better. When we disobey, we dishonor the Lord and we make our lives more miserable. Righteousness or right living always wins. And so the thrust of the message tonight for the children is, please go obey your parents. Obey the first time. Obey every time. And obey thoroughly. To the adults here, are you obeying God? He moves in your heart to change something. He exposes the sin that's there. Are you bucking and pushing away? Boy, God's just going to keep hammering you. He's just going to keep working on you until you're willing to submit that and give that in. If He is getting you to try to be more proactive and being involved in something, Are you bucking that or are you obeying? And as we obey our Heavenly Father, boy, that righteousness, it grows us. It edifies us. It brings great change. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed this evening. Heads bowed, eyes closed. This evening for the invitation, what I would like to do is to encourage all the moms and dads here to come and get your kids. And kneel with them at the altar and lead them in a prayer. Where they're going to pray and ask God to help them be obedient. Children, I want you to go with your moms and dads in a minute. I want you to tell Jesus that you're going to work to be obedient at home. For those of you adults that are here, I want you to evaluate your heart. Am I being obedient to Jesus? Am I being obedient to my Heavenly Father? Are there areas I'm not willing to surrender? If that's you, why don't you come tonight and kneel and pray? Maybe you have an older child that's run from God and is hurting himself. Why don't you come and kneel and pray for that child? Whatever the reason, why don't you come and kneel and pray? While I'm praying now, parents, you're encouraged to come and get your your children that you oversee and to kneel here at the altar and pray together with them that God would help them to be obedient, help you to be a good parent. Lord, tonight we ask that as we turn our attention to children obeying in the Lord and us being little children, God, you being a great God, would you help us to be obedient to you? I pray that the children of our church, the little ones of our church, would go from here Determined to obey. And Lord, I pray that us adults that are your children will leave determined to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. The piano begins to play. How about it tonight? You can stand to your feet if you're left in the pew. How about it tonight, Christian? Are you living a life of obedience with the Lord?